Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 68. And I'm really excited about our conversation today because I know a lot of you all that listen and a lot of you that I've had on the show previously are business owners. And I think that our guest is definitely going to be able to give you all some resources that will, you know, help you grow and help you improve and be better. So I am sitting here with Michelle Gilbert. Um, she is the VP of Public Re- Public Relations for the Heartland Region at Comcast. So as you guys know, I'm going to read a little bit about Michelle, and then we'll get right into our questions. Michelle Gilbert is the VP of Public Relations for the Heartland Region at Comcast. In her role, Michelle is responsible for developing and managing all proactive and reactive external and internal communication initiatives for Michigan, Indiana, and Kentucky. As a 32-year PR veteran, Michelle has earned various awards from prestigious organizations, including the International Association of Business Communications, the Public Relations Society of America, PR News, and the American Business Awards. She currently serves as a president-elect for PRSA's Detroit chapter and holds a host of other titles. Michelle believes that her key to success has been building and nurturing relationships in every aspect of her profession. Hello. Hi there. It's so good to be with you and your listeners. Thank you. I'm super excited. I We can just dive right in. And just for reference, y'all, I had to shorten her bio because she's accomplished so, so much. <laughs> no, it probably just means that we wrote it too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before we get into a little bit about this exciting grant conversation, I would love just to know more about you and kind of how you got started in PR. Sure. Um, so, gosh, how I got started in PR was kind of just by chance. I was a journalism major at Michigan State, and I thought I wanted to go into sports broadcasting. And um, I had a a class and the the professor, the professor's assistant asked me if I wanted to apply for an internship with the Michigan Department of Agriculture, Press and Public Affairs. And I was a dumb, arrogant, you know, 22 year old. And I said, no, thanks. I know nothing about farming. And he looked at me and he said, no, really, I think you should look into this. So I did, I applied and somehow they gave me the job. And I literally learned what PR was from an internship that I had no idea what I was going into. And I fell in love with it. And I, um, I I kept my major as journalism, which I think has suited me really, really well throughout my career because I know what, how to build a story that is going to resonate with readers and listeners and viewers. But um, I learned everything through my internships and then I went and took the classes and I've just kind of been lucky that things have just fallen into place with my career. That's really I think reassuring to hear because I also was a journalism major at MSU and I don't know I thought when I graduated I'm like oh you know I'll go work for Vogue or like Marie Claire and I think just when I graduated things were looking a lot different they were shifting and so it's it's funny how 
your path can take you in a different way. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I think I, I think that what's so great about having a degree in journalism is, you know, really understand, understanding the art of storytelling because it plays into everything that we do. And um, if you know how to tell a good story and you know how to capture someone's attention, you can take that into so many different career opportunities. Yeah, I agree. And I love storytelling. That's my favorite part of, of the job. Yeah, hence this podcast, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you were the first female female VP at Marks Lane and Company, which I didn't know this, um, but they are the largest and most prominent marketing and PR company in Michigan. I just learned this today when I was like reading over your um bio, but being the first anything I know can come with a lot of different pressures and you know, stresses and things like that. So I would love for you to just to talk a little bit about your experience there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's kind of funny because I started at Mark's Lane as an unpaid intern and the agency was very, very small when I started. And I, I feel like I was a part of something really special in helping to build the agency. And this was back in, um, the nineties. Um, and I, I certainly didn't build it by myself. We had wonderful leadership and I worked with a bunch of crazy talented professionals, um, many of whom have gone on to start their own agencies. And, um, we really were so collaborative and team oriented and, and everybody worked so well together. And, um, you know, I stayed at Mark's Lane for nine years and I, I really, really loved working there. I wasn't looking to leave. Um, I think I loved most about my role as a vice president was being able to, to work with younger professionals and help them grow and help them succeed. Um, that's always been a passion of mine. And, um, you know, the, as you, you know, move further in your career, you get tasked with those responsibilities. So it's the type of thing that if you, if you only want to be responsible for yourself, you really don't want a VP title because you are responsible for other people and whether they succeed or fail, some, some of that rests on you. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I really get a charge out of helping people. And so it, it was a great fit. And um, I, uh, you know, I, I really, truly enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Amazing. So you've been with Comcast since 2014, and you are now the VP of public relations for the Heartland region, which I mentioned earlier is Michigan, Kentucky, and I'm forgetting one more. Indiana. Indiana. Okay. So can you um, tell us a little bit about maybe your day-to-day -day or what a typical day mm. could look like for you? <laughs> sure. Um, I think what's so cool about my job is that every day is a little bit different. And so um, I just always have something, I'm always busy. I always have something different to do and work on. Um, I think what I love most about my job, um, well, there's, there's several things, but doing things like this and, you know, speaking with media like you and being able to help people learn about great programs like Comcast Rise, which we'll be talking about in a minute, um, is really gratifying and being able to play some small role in shaping that storytelling that gets out to the masses, like to your listeners, 
is really gratifying for me um, and being able to share important information and to educate people about how to avoid cybersecurity attacks or educating people about how to make sure their Wi-Fi is working the way it should. Um, those are the things that I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. So Comcast Rise, so about a week ago, um, the investment fund announced that it will award $1 million in grants to 100 Detroit Highland Park Hamtramck small businesses that are owned by women or people of color. So can you talk more about this amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity? I can, yes. And let me take um, let me take a little step back because there's so much to cover as it relates to Comcast Rise. Yeah. Um, so, so this is actually the second consecutive year that we have brought the investment fund, which is just one piece of the Comcast Rise program, to Detroit. And so, like you said, um, we're going to be giving away one hundred ten thousand dollar grants to small businesses that are owned by people of color or women and or women um, across Detroit, Highland Park and Hamtramck. And um, why Detroit and why Detroit a second year in a row? And when, when Comcast looked at the data and where there was the greatest need, um, you know, Detroit, based on the number of small businesses that were owned by people of color and women, um, you know, it we our community uh, ranked high in terms of the numbers and, and where there really was still a need to make a difference and help. And so that's why we brought the investment fund back to the city of Detroit. Um, it's a great, great opportunity, um, you know, during the, the program was developed back in 2020 uh, at the height of the pandemic, or maybe it was 2019. I can't even remember anymore. Every year it seems to bleed into the next. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but the program, I, the point I'm trying to make is that the program was created because of the pandemic and all of the social unrest that came with with uh, the murder of George Floyd and and everything else that has been going on in in our in our society, and um, we we really we've always been very committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, particularly around digital equity. And we looked inward and said, where can we make an even bigger difference? And that's how Comcast Rise was created. Um, you know. With the pandemic, with the shutdown, so many businesses suffered. And if our businesses don't thrive, our community is not going to thrive. Right. So this, this whole program, not just the investment fund, but the core program was created to, to lift up our small businesses and to help them where they needed it most. Yeah, I think that that's so important. Um, we do, I think, sometimes can take our small businesses or our local businesses for granted. And I think it makes me sad sometimes like driving down streets and remembering like, oh, such and such used to be right there and now they're closed or, you know, they had to switch from brick and mortar to an online only. And it's just like heartbreaking to see. So I love that something like this is available and I'm really hoping that people will take advantage. And when you when you hear the stories of the small businesses who were already helped with the first round, and you hear how the the money allowed them to um, you know keep their employees 
uh, on the payroll or it allowed them to one uh, caterer because she couldn't cater events. There were no events to cater. She bought a truck and turned her catering business into a mobile business where she wow. was able to. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, entrepreneurs, they're very creative. Um, they've got a lot of ingenuity and um, all they need is a little bit of support so that their ideas can grow and prosper. And that's what Comcast Rise is all about. Yeah. Now, are there any specifics on what types of businesses are um, able to apply for the grant? Yeah. Um, in terms of the types of businesses, we have supported all different types of businesses, um, restaurants, childcare, professional services, gyms, uh, you name it, retail. So, uh, you know, spas and beauty salons. So the types of businesses is pretty wide open. Uh, the main criteria are the location. Um, the business has to be at least 51% owned by a person of color or a woman. Um, the business has to have between one and 25 employees, and they need to have been in business for three years or more. Okay. So those are the main criteria for the program. Okay, pretty straightforward. And then as far as applications, where should people go um, to get more information and then to apply? Sure, super easy. Um, they can go to comcastrise.com. And the application process is very easy. It's, it's not a super long application process at all. Um, and they there's also a whole uh, Q&A section so that if people have questions, um, there's a lot of information to answer all their questions. Perfect. Um, and then Comca Comcast Rise also invests in ongoing mentorship and resources. Um, which I believe are very important to help businesses succeed long-term. So I know you guys have recently partnered with Eureka. Um, so that's an online platform for entrepreneurs to receive business coaching and mentorship. So in your opinion, why are those resources important? You know, why should people seek out mentors at any point of their careers and, you know, business coaching? Sure. Well, I think everybody can benefit from having a mentor. Um, I know I have many different mentors, each of whom helped me with a different, something different in my career. So, you know, small businesses are the same, you know, um, being able to rely on one another, being able to rely on organizations like Eureka for, for that kind of mentoring and support is really, really valuable. You know, um, one of the other things that we did um, at Comcast is we provided, I believe it was $60,000 in grants to organizations here in Detroit that are already helping small businesses. And we provided those grants as part of this Comcast Rise Investment Fund initiative so that they could help the businesses. That It's, it's just a further reinforcement um, that we're all working together to help these small businesses and provide them with the types of resources, including the mentorship that they need. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's really, really important. Yeah, I agree. I am still on the hunt for a mentor. So I'm like, any volunteers, I'll take them. 
Well, it's funny that you say any volunteers because we get asked that a lot in our company. Well, I want a mentor. And, you know, it's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. Do you go and ask a mentor or do you wait for someone to come to you and say, I want to mentor you? Mm -hmm. I've never gone to somebody and said, I would like to mentor you because that puts them on the spot. What if they don't want me as a mentor? But I've never turned anybody down if they've wanted me to mentor them. So I, my advice would be, if there is someone that you respect and you admire and you think that they could help you in your career, I would ask them because I, chances are they will not turn you down. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for that tip. Good to You're know. welcome. Um, so in addition to all of those other resources, um, I also know that Comcast Rise offers marketing services, grants, um, technology, and monetary grants. So can you talk about how those are different from the yes. investment fund that people are interested in or about to apply for? Yes, absolutely. And this is, um, I know that the $10,000 grants is what really makes the headlines and gets people excited and rightly so. But the other in-kind grants that Comcast Rise offers are equally as important. And let me start with the fact that this is how the program started. A year before the investment fund even was introduced, we were providing businesses, small businesses owned by people of color, we were providing them with these in-kind grants. So it could have been marketing services, media services. It was also technology makeovers, which were provided, are provided by Comcast Business. The technology makeovers are particularly meaningful because um, a lot of people don't realize this, but cyber attacks and threats grew exponentially throughout uh, the pandemic. And if you're a small business, let's just say that you're um, running a restaurant, you know, there are things that you know how to do really well, which make you a successful restaurant owner. You know, you're a good manager of your staff, you know how to put together a good menu, um, you know, you know how to run a restaurant. You may not be an expert in everything, including technology. And when we're talking about cybersecurity, that is something that is changing every single week. The, all the time, there are new threats that are coming out. So it's really important for businesses of all sizes to have a technology partner that is going to provide them with the right kind of resources, the right kind of software to protect their business and to protect their data. And that's part of this technology makeover that Comcast Business provides. Okay, that's really good to know. I did not know that cyber attacks were on the rise like that. That is actually pretty terrifying. Um, and I think sometimes too, like because everything is so digital, sometimes that is like in the back of our minds, like, oh, nobody's gonna, you know, take my information. Like, what do they want with mine? But, you know, it's not, Nobody is excluded. <laughs> well, you're right. Nobody's excluded. And, and that is, you know, for many, many years, cyber criminals really were targeting the larger enterprise companies because there was more for them to lose and they could demand more, um, more money from them. But 
as they've become more sophisticated, they've found ways. And because of the attitude, like, well, why would someone want my information? I'm just this small business. So the cyber criminals have gotten very savvy and now they're really targeting small businesses in a different kind of way. And at the end of the day, you know, a cyber attack can take out any size business. So it's really, really important to have the right kind of software and technology and support to protect your business and to protect your data. Yeah, thank you for that. Sure. Um, any deadlines that we need to keep in mind? Yeah, so for the Comcast Rise Investment Fund, the deadline is June 14th. So if you are applying for the $10,000 grant and you, you are in Detroit, Highland Park or Hamtramck, keep that June 14th deadline in place. The other in-kind grants that we talked about, the technology makeover, the marketing or media services, there is no deadline for that. It's almost like it's a rolling application period. So as soon as one quote unquote deadline ends, the new application period opens up again. And the other important thing that I forgot to mention that differentiates those in-kind grants from the investment fund is that the in-kind grants are opened to small businesses owned by people of color and women, but across all of Michigan within our coverage, within Comcast's coverage area. So if you're a small business in Pontiac or Bloomfield Hills or out in Grand Rapids, um, and, and frankly, for that matter, because this is a podcast that anyone across the nation could listen to, across the nation within Comcast's coverage area, um, you are eligible to apply for those in-kind grants. And we encourage you to go to the same website, comcastrise.com uh, to learn more information. Amazing. Um, okay, a couple more questions for you. Sure. Okay, let's see. Okay, this is a good one. Okay. If you had to convince or encourage someone to apply for any of these grants, but you could only tell them in like one or two sentences, what would you say? <laughs> uh, one or two sentences and I'm trying to encourage them. Okay. Um, make the small investment in time so that we can make a big investment in you. Mm. How's that? I love that. Yeah. I just made it up. So, <laughs> and I swear I didn't have your question in advance. <laughs> no, that's a really... That's a good one. I felt that. You know, I, so I'm going to equate it. And I'm a mom. I have an 18 and a half year old and a 14 and a half year old. And neither of them listen to me, right? Because a mom can't possibly have any good ideas. And I keep trying to convince my 18 and a half year old who just finished her first year at Michigan State to apply for scholarships. She's a smart kid and she should be able to get some scholarships. She doesn't want to do it. And I'm trying to figure out, is she lazy? Like, what's the deal here? She doesn't want to put the effort into something that isn't a sure thing. And the only reason I share this story is that I wouldn't want a small business to not apply for this kind of grant because there was a chance they couldn't get it. Because I'm a big believer, if you don't try, you'll never know, right? right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's a good one. And hopefully your daughter will change her mind. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe I'll make her listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more for you. Um, so as you know, this podcast is called Damsels in Detroit. And so a question that I always like to ask towards the end is, what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? And so some people have said it means like lifting other women up. Um, some people have said it just means showing up as their authentic selves unapologetically all of the time. It means for them to be resilient and all of those amazing things. So I would love to know, um, what do you think that it means to be a damsel in Detroit? So that's a really good question. And I don't want to steal anyone else's what they said. Um, you've provided some really, really great examples. So here's what I would say, you know, um, I don't live in the city of Detroit, but I have been from Detroit, the Detroit area, my entire life. I, I grew up here and um, when you are from Detroit and I, I talk about Detroit as a region, there's a lot of pride. You know, when I, I've gone to a million places and said to people, they'll say, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Detroit. And the perception that people used to have was kind of negative. And I will tell you, being a damsel from Detroit is, you know, you protect your city's reputation and brand and you stand up for Detroit and what, what it really who we really are and what it really means. And, and I, and I hope that people understand that when, when, regardless of where you live, if you support your city, if you support our city of Detroit and we, people who don't live in the city do consider it their city too, because if Detroit doesn't survive, our whole region doesn't survive. So I think that being a damsel in Detroit is about, you know, protecting the city's brand and um, making people aware just how wonderful this area is. Yeah. I think we need that on a t-shirt. If Detroit doesn't survive, the region does not survive. True. It's it really, really true. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So everybody come spend your dollars in the city. Help yeah. us out. Support these small businesses because we need them. We love them. Um, and then lastly, before we go, how can people stay connected with you um, if they have any additional questions, comments, concerns about the application process at all? Um, what would be the best way to either get in touch with you or someone else from your team? Sure. Um, so I am going to say that I am on LinkedIn as Michelle Gilbert. Um, that's a great way to get in touch with me. And, um, you know, I'm also on Twitter, um, although I'm not really, really good on Twitter. Um, should I give you my email address? Because um, I would sure, be willing to take emails from your listeners if they have questions. Okay. Although I will tell you, I'm going to be out of the country for the next two weeks. So maybe email is not the best way because okay. I won't be hacking it. But I would say go through LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn, Michelle Gilbert. And um, I will have access to LinkedIn and I will absolutely get, get back in touch with you. Amazing. Thank yeah. You so much, Michelle. One, Thank I hope you. you enjoy your trip. I hope you're going somewhere fun and sunny with beautiful beaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually going to London and Ireland. It's my first time going to Europe. So I don't think it's going to be 
super warm. I hear their, their summers are kind of like ours in Michigan. So I guess I'll feel at home, right? A little bit of rain, a little bit of cold and hopefully a little bit of sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple seasons in one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this information. Um, I definitely am going to encourage as many people as I can to apply by the 14th, you guys remember. Um, And as always, thank you all for listening. And I want you to remember that Detroit Girls do it better and we'll be back next week. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.